Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall, and I am your host. I mention this every week. I'm so excited about the shows we put together. Couldn't be more excited about what I have for you today. It's a little off topic from retirement, but it's something for those of you that are CPAs that's still equally as important to you. Not only do we have to prepare for retirement, we have to get CPE on an annual basis as an educator, one who's offering CPE courses to you, and many of you have been to my various webinars, wanted to give you an opportunity to be introduced to one of my good friends, one of our colleagues, Scott Zaret. He is the owner of CPA Academy. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Dave. Great to see you. Scott, this is fun for me. We've had a number of conversations. Obviously, you've hosted me hundreds of times. I've been on your platform teaching various retirement classes. My first chance to really have an opportunity to sit down in a public format and be able to talk to you a little bit about uh, what you've done. I thought maybe we could get started by talking a little bit about your background. You don't have to go back to the diaper stage, but if you wouldn't <laughs> mind talking a little bit about uh, what got you in the education space and got you started with CPA Academy. Yeah, great question. It didn't come out of nowhere. Well, my father is now retired. My Both my parents are retired. My father is a retired CPA. My mother is a retired librarian. So, so I kind of ended up somewhere in that middle area, but unintentionally never set out to be one or the other. But when I did need to decide what degree I was going to go for in college, I did decide to follow my father's footsteps, not because I wanted to go into public accounting, but I had it instilled in me that if you become a CPA or go down the accounting route, that it really does open up potential opportunities, whatever they may be, and to own a business or whatever. And so I was attracted to that. My grandfather was an accountant too, and cousins and quite a few people in my family. So I, I thought the apple didn't fall far from the tree. So that's the avenue I went down, but not specifically to get into the educational route at all. I was clueless in terms of what I wanted to do after college. But yeah, I ended up years later figuring out that I'm sort of a blend between my mother and my father in terms of what their careers were. And also now my wife is an educator too. And so many of the people in my life are either in education or accounting, and I'm very happy to be somewhere in the middle. Interesting to hear your story. I am one who would not let my kids become a CPA. As strange as that may seem, <laughs> my background has been public accounting, retirement training, those type of things, but a lot of hours. I've spent many hours uh, when I should have been at home in an office. So I told my kids, I'm like, look, you got to pick something else. There's better ways to make money, even though your dad's been very successful with it than what your dad's done. The funny thing is though, Scott, all of their friends became accountants. So I go back and I meet all their friends from high school and it's like, what are you guys doing now? Oh, we're CPAs. Oh, we're, we're going through accounting school. So they took uh, the lifestyle we were living and thought, look, that looks great. Not realizing the number of hours that I was putting in on the back end. Yeah. My father never once told me or suggested that I should go into the profession. I just thought it was somewhere in my DNA. And I was wrong, actually, because I, I, I did pass the CPA exam. Ultimately, it was a struggle. Didn't, <laughs> wasn't a, didn't do it in one take. My first job out of college was for a public accounting firm, and I was just not a happy camper. I actually questioned, what have I done? This is not fun, you know, and, and I wasn't enjoying. I was actually regretful of the decision that I had made thinking that this is going to be a long road here because I was pretty young getting out of college and thinking, I don't know, I don't know when this is going to flip. So yeah, it took some time for me to really figure out how to go full circle. Now, in retrospect, I could say that I'm grateful that I made the decision I did, but it took some soul searching there. 
before I was able to really figure out what the path was. And, and now I love the accounting profession and love that I'm working with the public accountants and, and many others, but find it relatable in ways that I think has really served me well. And having the CPA initials at the end of my name, I think has given me opportunities that I may not have had if I didn't complete the job and go get the, uh, finish the test as well. I didn't realize we had that in common. I almost left the industry myself after about a year and a half in it was because of the company I was working for, not because of the industry, but I didn't know that. I was working for a company, wouldn't let me talk to any clients, wouldn't let me have any interaction. And you can imagine with my personality, that was not going over well. And so I'm like, look, I'm going to go sell commercial real estate. I'm going to go do something else. I got to get out of the industry. And luckily, one of my friends was smart enough to see what was happening. He said, look, it's the company you're with. It's not the industry. Go try another job with somebody else. It's going to be much better. And here we sat 25 years later, and I'm like you. I'm so happy that I stayed in the profession. It's been great as a retirement risk advisor to have the CPA initials to be able to break in and talk to CPAs about what they're doing for retirement. But Scott, when did you start CPA Academy? How long has it been around now? It's been almost exactly 10 years. So yeah, depending on when you count it, when I opened the doors or my first class was actually about a month from now, 10 years ago. So celebrating a big milestone. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And and no coincidence, it's also coincides with my son, my eldest. I have two boys, my eldest 10-year birthday. So I really made the decision to begin this once we found out we were pregnant. And I was at a crossroads of what am I going to do? And without trying to race ahead in the story, it really it really did evolve from this reality of I'm having a child and I better figure out what I'm what I'm going to do when I grow up. And with the intention of setting a great example, I took the leap, which for some may seem like the worst possible time, you know, to coincide with the newborn. But for me, it was just a rebirth in a sense in terms of having a totally new perspective on life. And uh, as stressful as that was, and still is, I suppose, it was way more stressful when it began. And so, yeah, 10 years ago, almost to the day. And for those that aren't familiar with CPA Academy, it is one of the largest online platforms of CPA education for CPAs in the country now. Obviously, it didn't start there 10 years ago. I'm sure it started very small, probably yourself doing a lot of the work, trying to build up what you were doing. Mm -hmm. As you look at the initial phase, that startup that's always so hard to, to where you are today. Now, I know you've got uh, multiple employees. You've got people spread across the country educating you know, hundreds of thousands of people. What was the hardest time for you? Was it the initial stage or, or is it a struggle of keeping something going once you start building it? I, I actually, I think every year has gotten progressively easier. I think that the most stressful phase was literally quitting a job and starting it with this idea. No matter how good your idea is, there's no guarantee on anything. So I think when you first not only quit your job and then start investing that money, in my case, in IT companies, 10000 here, 20000 here, 30000 here, Let's buy a new car. We have a kid coming. We need a bigger car. And the money is just pouring out of you. And there's been no proof of concept. And you're afraid that, you know, if this thing fails, you told the world about what you're doing and you're going to have egg on your face. And beyond the sleepless nights that you have with the newborn, you know, the sleepless nights you have with the business was was brutal. I mean, I lost a lot of a lot of relationships at that time. You know, friends who stopped calling to ask me if I want to go out on Friday nights. And, you know, I stopped up. Mountain biking has always been my thing, and I was basically stopping all of that. I was a long-distance racer, and so there's no time for that. So, yeah, the reinvention of yourself and the shedding of of things for the sacrifice that you make is, is brutal. And I think, although there's been lots of different stages in the business, 
nothing was as hard for me as the beginning. I wouldn't want to go through that again, but I couldn't imagine how I could be where I am today if I had a shortcut or someone just handed me uh, something. So important life lessons uh, as well. It wasn't just a reinvention of yourself either. It was a reinvention of the whole industry. If I, I go back to that period of time and you can fill in the details, but if there were any companies out there doing online education, there were very few. I mean, the standard CPE classes that we took, you were going to some big conference center somewhere. You're flying some other city, going to spend a few days, maybe a week, get a bunch of CPE hours. Maybe you're having someone come into your office. But at that time, were you the first or was there someone else out there that was doing this even at all back at that point? Let me say, I was, I was confident that the idea had teeth to it. But what I didn't know is how that was going to go. The key here is that we're talking about free education. So there's tons of traditional companies that have provided paid content. That's the premise of, of education in the accounting space. That's, you know, the state societies have owned that since the beginning and held on to it dearly. And it's been a huge revenue stream. But what I was always interested in is the free, you know, the ability for, for people to be able to teach, to give away content for the purpose of selling something greater. And to understand where that came from, You'd have to look at the previous 10 years where I was actually more where I was working for a company trying to sell to accountants and found that among all the different opportunities, going to conferences, writing white papers, social wasn't a thing back then. But that webinars were the only thing that really were sustainable. And that really, I'm going to use the word teeth again, but that only really, that really had substance. And only the publications were providing free continuing education at that time. There were publications that I respect, that I grew up with in my household, you know, my, my father subscribed to. But wondering why is this just a small part of what these publications are doing when to me it was everything. And I had proved that out in my, for the company I had previously worked for where I had given away free education and I was selling for somebody else. And so I knew it worked. It wasn't a question about that. I knew that there was a a demand out there for free education. I knew that the prices the publications were charging to do it were outrageous. No, there was no justification for their fees. There was It was gouging and felt that there had to be a better way. And that I knew that it doesn't cost anywhere near, that the profit margins must be ginormous. And that if only I could figure out a way to come up with a reasonable price point, something that would be beneficial to the masses, not just those who can afford to shell out $10,000 you know, into the unknown, per class, that there was a model there. What I didn't know is if I was successful, if somebody else better positioned than I would change gears and then just crush me, you know, put me out of business. And what shocked me, I think, from the beginning was that we were successful in the first year, even financially. People did understand that there was a benefit to teaching webinars at a very low cost, relatively. But then it just kept gaining and gaining and gaining. And I just kept thinking, oh, one day I'm going to wake up and some large firm is just going to is going to undercut me or is going to just sweep out my feet and it never happened and then there were a couple of competitors who came along that certainly took some some serious efforts at doing that and just didn't have the right mentality around it it was just very they weren't coming from the right place in terms of their you know certainly wasn't coming from the heart certainly wasn't coming from a place of altruism not that we're not a for-profit business cuz don't you know the .org doesn't mean we're nonprofit but it it was reactionary and not not insightful. And so I really felt that we moved fast enough to be able to build up to what, you know, we were able to say now we're the largest provider of free continuing education. And I'm not saying we're in the clear, but, you know, having celebrated 10 years now, 
there's something we're doing right. And I think that we could attribute that not just to our business model, but the alliances we built along the way with people like you, who are extremely important to us, as well as so many other talented speakers who really provide the value that we are getting credit for. Because if people wonder where's the value in CPA Academy, it's from speakers like Dave Hall, it's from speakers like, you know, from the IRS and from others. I don't speak, I mean, I rarely speak. I mean, I do podcasts here and there, but the power of the platform is from those who are gifted at what they do. And we're very fortunate to be able to promote them in in an effective way. One of the things you mentioned there that really sticks out to me as I've known you now for a couple of years is, is that passion, the heart that you come from. Every time we've ever talked, that's always been the, the top issue for you. It wasn't, hey, how do I figure out how to make some more money over here? It's how do I educate more people? And that's one of the things that we both had in common that I think allowed us to build a friendship is I saw that immediately within you and hopefully you saw it within me to say, look, this is our calling. This is what we're here to do. We've got to help people get more education. Now, obviously, you're doing it at a much higher level than I am, but I'm glad to be a part of it. And it's been a great experience for those of you that are not familiar with the platform. I hope as we get to the end, end of the podcast, that you'll take an advantage to get signed up for some of the classes that are offered there because it is a great platform to help people to get the CPE they need at no cost for most of the classes that are on there to where you can get education that is great, uh, affordable, and in a situation where you can get where you want to be. Scott, as I look back at the beginning of this, as we go back to 10 years, uh, you know, were the platforms even there? I, I know you guys have created a lot of your own backend technology, but now you've got go to webinars, you've got webinar jams, all kinds of different programs out there. We've got Zoom. Now, were those available at the time or was it a situation where you had to create a lot of that? That that existed, but but the as those improved, because going back 10 years and what I have done a webinar on the history of the, those platforms. When did WebEx? come along? When did GoToWebinar come along? When did Zoom come along? And Zoom, the household name now, is hasn't been around that long. These were not household names. It wasn't even part of the culture for, you know, think of some of the older CPAs who are used to the in-person events, even thinking about attending a webinar. But yeah, as the technology improved, then that came high-definition webcams, and that came the ability to have classes for unlimited numbers of people. That was not always the case. The software used to crash. And so, you know, as it happens in the history of innovation, you know, as the technology improves and the costs go down, it opens up brand new avenues. I mean, think about when you used to go to an airport, you never got free Wi-Fi. And then all of a sudden, all became free. People shifted to the free model because the costs were driven down to the point where, well, I always view what can be free will be free and saw that to be completely the case in education as proven not by the accounting profession, but by the MOOCs, the massive open online courses, the Harvards, the MITs, who were proving that you can give away content for free, which really made you go, well, if they could do it, then can't we do it in the accounting profession? And as the cost went down, it became more and more viable to, to do it. But I think those, look, I couldn't have done what I did if I was born at a different time. If I had this ambition and I was trying to create this platform 10 years before I did, it wouldn't have worked. My timing was very fortunate, very lucky. Yeah, I thought I saw a trend. I thought I saw where it was headed. But we did not create the, the the webinar software at all. We only created the back end of it. And that all came around from Salesforce. And Salesforce as a company is an example of someone that's enabled just millions of companies. I don't know if that's the accurate number, but I mean, certainly seems like millions of companies to be able to do things that were inconceivable without a CRM or a powerful platform to leverage upon. 
And we look at the pandemic, obviously that's just increased the opportunity for people to go to webinars, learn from webinars. Where's the future, Scott, as you look at it out there, what do you see over the next five or 10 years? Do you see this part of the industry growing and the the old event style CPE fading away, or is it going to be a model that's going to have a mix of everything still? I don't think it's going to fade away any more than people thought when the internet and online shopping came around that malls would cease to exist or people wouldn't need to shop anymore. We're still humans and love to interact with each other and go out. And I'm one of those people. Those events are critical to me as well. And I don't want to see them go away at all. But I think that there's now an alternative. And that's a good thing, whether it's simulcasting or whether it's some other variation, which I'm sure in the future will include VR But for the time being, we are, as CPAs, lifelong learners. You don't go into the profession unless you have that openness. It's part of our culture. It's part of the DNA. It's why we have 40 hours a year of continuing ed. It's on our minds. And so education is not going away. Free, the idea that what can be free will be free is not going away. And I think that the only thing that we could look forward to is more and more content that is at a lower and lower price point. I mean, if I could have one claim to fame, I'd like to think that we are driving down the price points, not just in our own platform, but you know that others are now need to respond to that. And that's a good thing for, for us as accountants because you know free doesn't mean low quality, as you've proven with your classes. I mean, free can be the highest quality, quite the opposite. And so I think at a bare minimum, we should expect lower prices and higher quality, which is nothing but good for those that we serve. Absolutely. And I know talking to other people that present across the country, they've loved the opportunity to be able to do a hybrid from a presenter standpoint to say, look, I don't have to be on the road doing 200 events a year. I can now do 20 events a year and I can spend more time at home with my family doing webinar events that you are going to cost less to put together. As a result, cost less to those who are attending these events. And in your situation, be free saying, look, you know, we're going to get these free classes. We're going to put the content out there, uh, get the people engaged, get them involved. And you've got the the backend software to allow all that to happen, to allow the CPE tracking to happen, to allow the follow-up to happen, to sure they stay in compliance with NASB and these other organizations. And it's been so helpful for both sides to be able to have this opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree. It's the pandemic triggered a lot of this activity and it's also if it's okay to say, been some of the silver lining too, because a lot of people who didn't realize how much they were burning out on the travel and then were forced into presenting online were like, wait, I'm not sure I'm going back. And that's true for the learners too. So it does bring about a fresh new crop of people who are anxious to get on the road and go teach and and there's a changing of the guards there. But I think in many ways, it's a healthy changing of the guards. Absolutely. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation. I wish we could talk more and go into more detail. Unfortunately, we're out of time. How can people get a hold of your your site? How can they learn about the classes that are available so that they can get some additional CPE themselves on a great platform with great educators? Super easy. Uh, So the domain is www.cpaacademy.org. Very easy to navigate to sign up for free and take as many classes as you want for free as well. Thank you very much, Scott. Those of you that are listening, thank you for being with us. Please take him up on the offer. We have all of our classes listed, retirementriskadvisors.com. If you go to our our events page, you're going to see the classes there on CPA Academy. Easy way to get access to not only retirement education, but also CPE credits so you can get the hours that you need so you can take care of your license as well as get yourself safely through retirement. My name is Dave Hall. I've been your host. Look forward to seeing you next week. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. 
If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We come out with a new episode every Friday morning and you don't want to miss it. If you want to continue the conversation from our podcast, join Dave every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time on the Retirement Risk Advisors Facebook page as he answers your retirement questions live. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talene and Autumn Koenig.